Hello, hi everyone. I hope you're all doing well today. It's Friday. Is it just me or I feel like Friday is like comes much faster than it does when we actually have school. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it was Friday yesterday. Anyway, I'm happy to have you guys listen in today. We are excited. It's going to be an amazing episode. My name is Emily, co-host here on Beautiful Spaces with Emily and Prudence. And if you're listening in for the first time, Beautiful Spaces is a podcast run by Prudence and I, Emily, under the face of Heart for Hope Foundation, which you should definitely check out. But most importantly, we bring you amazing episodes on issues that we feel are real time. Hmm? Issues that define status quo. Just everyday challenges, everyday topics, everyday conversations of a growing person, of a growing you, of a growing I. And definitely you should stay tuned for this coming, this coming talk, which we are yet to have. We have an amazing guest. And it's going to be a moment of growth, a moment of realization. Grab that pen, grab that notebook. It's going to be very exciting. Stay tuned and see you on the other side. edition and we have a guest we're going to request our guest to introduce himself welcome to the heart for hope podcast beautiful spaces with emily and prudence hello everyone my name is dennis dennis Mugume. i serve here at the university of central i mean at uh, of, of makere at safari step of makere university right here where we, we are <laughs> um <laughs> yeah um as a youth and students minister for the last uh, six, making seven years, so yeah, that's it. Any anything else? Yeah. No, nothing yeah. really. Yeah. We're just yeah. introducing what we are going to talk about. Right. Emily will take us through. <laughs> okay, so you guys know we have been talking about happiness this entire month, from last month, running from last month. And we were thinking what better way to close this than to involve our faith, beliefs, and all these other aspects, religious aspects, I must say. So 
today we're going to be delving into happiness in regards to our faith, the Christian faith. Uh, I'm going to take it back to prudence <laughs> to tell us uh, the, the bits we expect to get from this episode. How far are we going to move into it? And yeah. So oftentimes as Christians, we find ourselves asking so many questions. What is happiness? What is holiness? Is there a correlation between happiness and holiness? How can we live a happy and yet holy life? So that's what we're going to talk about basically today. And then we shall also hint on mental health and and all that as regards happiness and Christianity. Yes, so we're going to have Angela. Ask the questions. But I feel it's important for him to start with defining what is happiness. We have had several definitions and Yeah. Then she will take us. Yeah, so I think um he's going to start with defining happiness in regards to Christianity. So what is happiness from the Christian point of view? And what brings happiness? and how can we be happy and still be christians because most young people think that um christianity refuses us from being happy maybe there's there's, um there's conflict between they think the church is like some other you know different place from this world so if i am to be happy in the church i will not be in the world or if you yeah you're getting then um yeah i think let's start from there uh well i I think for for the beginning we have to discuss the question of purpose and meaning why are we here in the first place because unless we define that then because in the christian understanding of things happiness is a byproduct of being um you know being able to do what you are meant to do being able to live it out um happiness is is when if, if, if the creator designed for a fish to, to be a fish, there is no way it is going to be happy by trying to fly and leave the water. So happiness is, is being at one with the purpose which God made you, you see, with the purpose which God had in mind when he created you. In other words, you're not going to find happiness by violating the things that, I mean, when, when, you, when you break the divine boundaries of God, the, the divine um, parameters God has set you in, you break yourself. You violate yourself. You see, so by breaking God's laws, we break ourselves in the end because He designed us for a particular purpose. Like a car is designed, I mean, there are different kinds of cars, right? There are cars which are designed for, you know, short trips. There are cars which are designed for long trips. There are cars which are designed for tarmac roads, there are cars which are designed for off-road. Now, for you to get a car which is designed for an off-trip and use it around town, it is you under, either underusing it or you're getting a small car and putting it you're off-road, abusing you're it. abusing it. So, happiness then comes from being at one with the purpose for which God created us. That's the biblical understanding of happiness, that the moment you are living out what God called you to do, then at that moment, you arrive at happiness. But one would ask, does this um, purpose vary from person to person? Does this uh, calling that God had for each of us, the time he designed us to be here, does it vary from person to person? And if yes, how can one 
as a young Christian find their purpose? Right, right. So what tends to vary are the assignments, but the purpose doesn't for every man and woman created in the image of God. Um, you are created to give God glory, to glorify God. And whether you find yourself as a cleaner or as a bank manager, you, you, at the end of the day, you are meant to glorify God. So what we see in the Bible, for, ex, like for example, in, in like Paul's life, at some point he is a theologian, at some point he is a tent maker, at some point he is... He, like assignments keep changing based on where God wants you. But the ultimate purpose of it all is to glorify God. That means to, you know, to, to, to glorify God is to find your deepest satisfaction, your deepest... Because you see, whenever we put our happiness on something temporal, it ends with when nothing ends. Yeah. So if you have a family, a wonderful family, at some point they will leave. You have you money, the money When leaves. you have money, at some point it will go. Yes, that if you have... Um, so, so, so what happens is we need to be asking ourselves what is that one thing that cannot go? Yes. That one thing that is deeply eternal? Yeah. That one thing that we can never get bored with? That there is always more to learn about it or to go about it? And then realize only God fits that definition. That our hearts like are longing for something, some, some deep satisfaction that we can't seem to get from anywhere else. You see, so people like C.S. Lewis... Um, if I find in myself a desire which nothing in this world can satisfy, I can only conclude I was meant for the next life, for the next, for the other world. So, so that, that's the Christian understanding of happiness, that whatever you set your heart on, you set your hope on, that's not eternal, that's, that's not immortal, that's not um, immutable. Because also things happen, I mean, change happens, right? You, you buy a car now, it's new. And you're the baddest guy in the town, in the in the streets. After two years, three years, it's deep. It's, yeah. There's a new model out there. Same thing with phones, iPhones. iPhones. <laughs> you see, so we need something immutable, something that it's unending. And that's C.S. Lewis. That is Blaise Pascal as well. Um, we, you know, there, there is a deep gaping hole on the inside of man that cannot be filled with anything unless that thing is like eternal, unending as well. So unending desires are met with an unending God. Yes. And at that point, that is where happiness is. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I really agree. Yeah. Because most most of the worldly things, most things you've given an example, because phones like you're happy today because you have the latest bends. But I feel like latest is never latest. You know how they say tomorrow yes, never, next never week. comes a right, thing. Right. Like there's always new. something new. There's yeah. always something on trend. So if you're setting your heart on the money that you have today, and tomorrow let's say something happens, then are you still happy? So let's. I think yeah. The point I get from his saying is that let's set our hearts on things, something that is eternal. It's 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 a, it's a eternal source of joy. It's what's going to be a happiness to us. Yeah, so um, moving on, some young people think that we can't, we can't really be happy if, 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 we have, if, if, if we choose to, be, to walk this journey of Christianity, let's say. So how am I going to be happy and still, you know, yes, and obviously there are, um, like, there's going to come times where things are hard and all that stuff. And I mean, what should I expect? To, to still be happy <laughs> or should I even when this yeah please just 
Yeah, um, so, so it, it begins first from understanding the grand story. Every one of you has, has, a, has a story. There's, yes. there's something that you believe about where you came from, why you're here, um, how do you tell between right and wrong, and where you'll go after you die. That's, that's, those four questions are all the world view. So what Islam says about it won't be what the Bible says about it. Yes. What Buddhism says about it won't be what we say. Like, like there, is, there is a grand, what we call a meta-narrative, a grand story. And the Christian story begins with a God who makes Adam and Eve in his image and gives them work. And, and then the fall happens, that they, they, they disobeyed God. And then that's when sin was ushered into the world. That's when what we call sin, that means a brokenness happened in the world. So that things are not as the way God made them. And then years on, we have the promise of a savior. We have you know, a savior who comes to uh, reconcile us back to God and begin what we call a redemption, a process of getting us back or even greater to what things were at first, to restore us. So that's the grand meta-narrative of the Bible. Now in that story, we have our stories, you see. We have our stories. Now, the trouble is here, that you and I define, choose to self-define our stories, which is dangerous because you, you don't have the power <laughs> to do that. Like, yes. it's such a heavy burden. And I think you've had this mostly, you know, in, in some some of the, I don't know, things that, that we are hearing on the internet. Yeah. You know, uh, you can be whatever you want to be. But... <laughs> What's the affirmation? A, a, a chicken can only be a chicken. It, yeah. it can't be a, a, a type of fish. A fish can only be a fish. So... The, the question of like the grand story of what happiness looks like is is supposed to be bigger than you that there's some there's something above you that you are getting it from yeah. and you're not trying to do it from here and trying to define it's a very heavy burden for a cup to define as a spoon like it, it just it wasn't created for that it wasn't created so if young people define happiness in terms of pleasure and pain because some some define it in terms of pursuing pleasure avoiding pain but there's the problem of pleasure what if you get that which you thought would make you happy and then it leaves you empty yeah. that's the point of hollywood that's the point of you know like it's just never enough how much money is enough for the richest man in the world maybe one more dollar yes. you get what i'm saying so when we take away the pain from god and we say we are writing our own stories it's a heavy burden we weren't designed that you don't even know what to do explain why there's so many
uh, what would a young Christian do to mimic Jesus but not in a way portray it as suffering or call suffering upon, let's say, themselves or something like that? Well, let's go back to which Jesus? Because these days there's different versions of Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's like asking, have you met Prue? And they're like, yeah, I've met Prue. Prue is uh, very tall. Uh, Prue comes from uh, the US. Uh, Prue is, uh, <laughs> you know, Prue speaks with an American accent. <laughs> and then I'm like, mm-hmm? are you sure we have met the same Prue? Like, exactly. So these days, I think what is happening is we are we are having different versions of Jesus. Yet we need to return to the biblical understanding of who this Christ was. And and then also, if it, it, it so, so a light reading of Jesus gets you to conclude that it's all suffering and misery and pain. Yes, Yet the first miracle he performed was one of turning water into wine. That, that's a man who comes at a wedding where there is frustration, there is panic. Now, if you know a, a wedding, anything can go wrong anywhere at any time. <laughs> now, if you're in you know the first century Jew and doing a wedding and then there's panic and then the savior of the world comes and turns water into wine to you know, you know to save the day that didn't look to me like someone who is sad and just so a light reading of Jesus gets you to conclude that but at the same time we, we all take on a measure of suffering at some point um, even being here meant that you have to leave some of the things that you had planned to do and make time to be here um so so it 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 looks like to me there is there has to be a measure by which you tell that this is suffering am i am i suffering for what is worthwhile at the end of the day or am i suffering for something which is temporal in other words it's possible for you to say i'm going to avoid christ and i'm going to try and build my life around my career, my, my, my family, my, my sweet little hobbies. And then at the end of the day, you realize, but five years from now, nobody will ever remember, remember that. Ten years from now. So at the same time, so we, we want pleasure, but at the same time, we want to be remembered. We want to do something which will last us. Yeah. You see. So I, I think for me, the, the question to, I mean, the answer to, 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 to your question would be, get to know Jesus a bit better than just a surface reading of it. Like, get the text, look at it, look at the development, look at what he, what he says. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and life in its fullness. Meaning, the, the kind of joy I'm giving you is just beyond happiness. It's deeper and can sustain you even when it gets tough. Because it will get tough. That even the richest of us, you've seen rich people. No offense to guys who are rich and you are but 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 they try so hard to protect their children from 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 the hassle and then the kid ends up addicted to weed or something like they they end up creating their own measure of pain so whereas for us we are escaping the issue of pain there is also the the problem of pleasure pleasure it too can be a problem that's what you see in the book of uh, ecclesiastes that vanity, vanity, all is vanity. I have bought this, bought that, read that, read this, and it's all vanity. Why? Because there is no grand story connecting my life here to the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, so we've seen that there's a difference clearly between happiness and joy. Mm. So, what do you have to say about that? And what has the church contributed to 
to happiness right not rather than joy like what what do you think the other sun churches are doing wrong hmm let's first begin with, with what they're doing right because eh, wrong song <laughs> being negative um, <laughs> yeah. so um let's 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 begin with the church not just what we're seeing today yeah the buildings which are closed now but church in terms of what we see in the bible up to now yeah. uh, christians if you read ancient roman history were the ones who are getting kids because in those days i, I read a book called uh, unimaginable i think by david jeremiah or jeremiah johnson one, one of those guys and he said that there's a guy who is a soldier in the roman empire i mean army writing back to the wife who is expecting and telling her if it's a girl throw it away if it's a boy keep it so it, it was the christians who would get those babies and like the outcasts of people yeah. that have been dejected by society and they would get them and, and love them you know someone said love the hell out of them like mm-hmm. love them and and in that love that's that's when they had such a, such a very strong appeal on the entire roman empire to a place where the more they killed them is the more they grew meaning that there must be something in fact the very word gospel means the story is so compelling that it changes your life get them together that everybody who had this message it was like they were under a spell but it was a good spell because they stopped drinking they stopped smoking they stopped doing they stopped destroying their lives and their lives had new meaning so i think um what the church has done is to give people a sense of purpose beyond themselves that is eternal yes um i mean think about how do you explain someone leaving england in the comforts of paved streets and you know to come to like africa in the in the maybe fourth century there and and preach the gospel how do you explain someone giving up pleasure to choose a life of difficulty because most of us would rather give up um pain to get pleasure what's that thing that changes that around and says i am going to leave kampala and go and work in the remote areas of like the dejected people and live among them and become one of their own unless there is a grand story again yes. that you're looking at beyond just a new car a new house and a new you know, visa to the uk so what the church has done again is to teach people god's word number one number two but it's to reshape the story and give them a better story a story of hope that after this that, that, that no matter how dark things get it, it gets darkest around 4 a.m in the morning five when the sun is about to come out the sun is coming so don't give up and 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 it has been said that he that has a heavenly mind is the one who can do something about the earthly affairs but if you set your hopes on the earthly affairs you will not even be good enough for the earth it, 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 so you'll be useless to the earth but because you see pain and suffering all around you and you don't become a cynic and say what's the point of trying after all it will never change and then at the same time, the other, the other extreme is idealism, where you say, unless the world becomes perfect, I will never be happy. In the Christian faith, we, we are given that sweet balance between ideas. Because we, we say, um, you know, we, we believe in a, a God who will come and put everything right. So even if we tried our best and it didn't work out, there is, you know, someone can't kill like Hitler, 3.5 million Jews, and commit suicide, and you're like, only 
is, is that it? For the Christian, we say there is a, another day which is beyond us yes. that you will have to account for what he did. At the same time, so we, we, we don't do activism, or I mean not activism, but idealism. Unless it's perfect, I'll never be happy. No. Neither do we say, even if we fed the poor today, there will still be more people to, to, to tomorrow. Yeah. No, Christ said, occupy until I come. Do what you can, like, do what is within your means. Okay. And in that sweet spot there, that's, that's, that's when you will make a change. Okay. Yeah. I should have warned these listeners to come with pen. <laughs> no, Beautiful spaces with Emily and Prudence. So welcome back from the break. <laughs> yeah, so I um, I was asking, I am asking. She hinted on something about joy, right. and I think I also now I'm, I'm bringing it up. There's I, I personally think there's a difference between happiness and joy. And joy. Yes, and also there's something. There's a concept. There's also peace. So personally, I would I would like divorce happiness from those two because. To go back from what you said at the beginning, there's there has to be that eternal pursuit of something, and happiness is is circumstantial, like she said, it's it's not always there, you know, and the things that maybe give some people happiness is not those things will not always be there. Mm. So what do you have to say about joy, peace, and happiness? Right. I would I would say those those are byproducts of being in like reconciled to god that's romans 5 having been justified freely by grace through faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ they are byproducts of being reconciled to, to god like the point here is everybody has a sense of judgment on themselves there's that big question on, on your heart like christ said whoever doesn't believe in me the wrath of god abides on them there is that strong sense of I mean, everything we are doing is, is trying to make a form of salvation, so to, to, to speak. We, we go to school so that we can do well to be something. We, we run athletes, uh, you know, athletes run so they can be the world record holder. You know, you want to build a big house so that you can be the first person in the village <laughs> to build that mansion. That must outstanding. Everything that is a functional form of salvation, you're trying to save yourself, you're trying to like leverage yourself and say and and what the gospel does christ says i give that to you as a gift you are not made right with god based on what you do i give it to you as a gift you're now, you're now free to enjoy a car for a car's sake not a car as an identity giver you're now free to enjoy your course for for the course's sake not the course as an ultimate meaning in life that if i flunk in school i will be sad but i won't be destroyed I have a meaning firmer than just my cause. So, um, joy and you know peace are byproducts. Joy, I would say, is what Christ calls an unending well. Whoever believes in me would, you know, I I will give him water. That's the conversation in uh, John four. Remember, you know, um, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever comes to me, I will give them, you know, uh, 
water and they will never thirst again and it will be to them an unending well like you 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 always able to move on you're always able to face life in other words the moment your meaning is destroyed you cannot face life everybody has something they they say to them, 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 themselves at the end of the day casta <laughs> yes. If your caster is not good, that yeah. that means when that caster is taken away, you're gone. So, joy and peace are 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 things we experience by being in reconciled to God. In the, like, there's no beef. You get what I'm saying? There, there is no tension between you and God. That person that has no tension between themselves and, and, and God can 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 face life. Through cancer, through 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 brokenness, through breakups, through through bad business deals, through bad cases where you lose, <laughs> <laughs> like you're like on a, a losing streak of cases, you know, <laughs> you, you you can face life even in that losing streak of cases. So that's but 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 that that comes from um, receiving that deep affirmation from someone that you deeply admire. So if God is the one that you deeply admire and says. You are my child. This day I have begotten you. I love you, and and I am I'm in this thing with with you. You can face anybody, but if you cut that off, then you have to try and make your wife, your your bae, save me, save me, you, you can't save me. And, and, and they can't. They are trying to be human beings. They they are trying to be human. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, we are all mortals. Yeah. And we we are known to choose. Most choose where there is comfort. Human beings are best. Right. We run together, resources closest to us. Yeah. And when you were speaking, it reminded me of some time when I was telling Prudence that there is no way you can, maybe this is outside happiness, but I just felt should come in. There is no right. way you can offer what you don't have. Right. Like you cannot say, I love, uh, I, I love to challenge the guys who want to ask me and say, okay, can I have your hand? Can you be my girlfriend? Say, you, do, do, you, do you know Christ? Do you believe? Because you cannot offer what you don't have. Right. Because what happens when that, that love runs out or something, it's, it's only when you know how it is to be loved that you can love someone, yeah. right? Yeah, so and, it, and, 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 and even that bit of, of loving, when I tell you I, I love you, it's a very scary thing. You know, because what do I mean? Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yes. What, what, what do I mean? Because... So, so I, I think the safe thing to, 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 to just say is I, I love you enough to commit to you and I'm happy to walk the journey with you to whatever you're going to become. Because everybody is becoming, you know. Uh, actually, even, Bajka is speaking, you've lost some hair, you know. You've lost some cells this morning. So the person you are at 6 a.m. this morning isn't the one that you are now. You see. So when you say I love somebody, what you're saying is I'm, I'm ready to commit to you and grow with you through the changes and that's what 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 we are called to do with christ as as as, as well we are not asked to just believe emotionally we are saying this is the orange the first bite might be hard but you need to learn how to peel it because the real thing is inside so this is the orange if you just eat like that ah, and to do, to, like what is this how could you have made noise for all this like, no, 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 no. this is how you peel the orange like, like you have to trust that um, you have to go beyond a surface reading of scripture, a surface Christianity, and, and ask the hard questions, like what is this actually about? And people are happy for them to get meaning from anywhere, as long as it doesn't make a demand on them. 
you know. But Christ says, whoever will come after me, let him deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And I think we just captured us on the on the take up the cross, but we forget the yes, bigger picture. That's true. <laughs> the bigger picture of the joy awaiting. And 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 we do this with everything else. Mothers, you know. The the pains of pregnancy, the the, the, the labor pains, the inconvenience, the, the 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 being unable to eat some food, you know. But when the baby comes out, I'm told by mothers that <laughs> the joy that you feel afterwards, yeah. you're like, okay. Three more kids, <laughs> you get so so, yeah. yeah so, so 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 I I think um, we are also called to take the same step with God, and say we are not just trying you out. No no, we are going to journey with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that you see you said about there's that example of Christ you gave. Mm. that he said pick up the cross and you know there's there's more to the story right. and prudence started by saying something she called it a myth right. about suffering and being in the church yeah. and there's personally okay maybe i have a very a kind of different view of it right. and most people think that you know to follow to be a christian it's just i'm now being called to a life of peace mm-hmm. to a life of joy right. to a life of happiness I mean, God has given us, okay, there's so many, depending on what you have grown up listening to and hearing and, you know, getting. What do you say about that? Is it always only joy? I think the mistake we make is to assume that peace and joy are going to be minus pain. And yet, in the Bible, peace and joy are in the context of pain. They're in the context of suffering. If you look at the women like uh, Samuel's mother, uh, you know, Hannah, or Johanna, it was conflict, you see, that she got the child. If you look at um, the Daniel and, the, and, and his three friends in the, in the fire, it was in the fire that God came. So I think for us, when we hear peace, joy, and happiness, and, and, you know, we tend to think minus pain, minus hardship, minus suffering, and yet every case in the bible where these things show up it's in the middle of conflict hardship pain suffering so that's why christ says my peace i give to you not as the world gives so the world's idea of peace is goodness without pain christ's idea of peace is there is pain in the middle of this pain i'm able to make something out of it trust me love me walk with me so i i think for us um I mean, guys, think about what it means for us to love somebody. And probably to do a podcast on the crazy things people have done in the name of love. And just get there to <laughs> you. know, No, but, but you will hear story upon story of what people have done in the name of love. And you ask them, was it worth really? it? Was it worth it? it? You see, so at the end of the day, everybody will choose their kind of suffering. Mm. And Peter is very clear it's better that you suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And everybody will have something that defines their grand story. The question is is it true? And the Christian story is the good, the beautiful, and the true. You see, because someone will say, yeah, I like what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but is it true? Yes. You, you've, 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 you've done novels in high school. Cinderella and what? And Cinderella. 
you've done the frog, you know that 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 that, that, that thing where the, the ball fell in the well, then the frog went to collect it, uh huh, and then when the um when because I, I think there was a, a deal there that um, the frog had a deal with the princess that when the frog gets the ball for her she would kiss, kiss the frog yeah. yes right yeah <laughs> and then after she the, the frog got the ball she jumped she's like ah <laughs> so the frog cried 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 until she was moved to tears and then also she went and kissed the frog it became a beautiful experience <laughs> is it true it's like oh, oh oh but is it true no the christian story is the one which is the oh and the true it is true uh, from history from all the evidence it is true so what god gives us in terms of happiness and pain isn't just a beautiful story it is the true story meaning you can pitch your life on it and yeah and and walk with him and know him from now until eternity yeah Yes, so there's mental health and happiness. Yes. Like he's been hinting on it. Yeah, yeah. No, this is like... We can still talk about mental health. Mental health trait. So you know how people can be depressed and things, and then like, can be like, "Eh, but I'm just a sinner anyway, what can I do about this? So what do you have to say to them? Outside the comeback to Christ, because some people just don't Mm. understand. Look here, if you read the book of Psalms, that is depression right there. You you need to go back and read the book of Psalms. Mm. Not every psalm is praise the Lord. No, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes it, it is God, where are you? My, enemy. my, my, my enemies my are about enemies. to kill me. That is depression. That's a man. You see, what, what what we have done with prayer, I think, and the Christian answers, we've, we've given people bad answers. True. We haven't showed them David fleeing from Saul. Yes. And we haven't showed them Job doing the right thing and still Just experiencing suffering upon suffering so i think the christian faith does not hide away from depression and mental health those issues they are there there is if if you read the psalms you know lord from sorrows deep i call like you know i am overwhelmed you know our, our enemies rode over our heads and you know so what david does in the psalms is that he couples you know devotion with authenticity like he's authentic about how he feels he's not there saying i'm okay i'm fine i'm you know this this thing that some of you do i i refuse to be sad i refuse to be sick no, no, no. It, 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 it is no like i i am sad i am sick you know but i will call upon the name of the lord who hears me so what we have done is we have we have made prayer plastic in terms of never talk about how you feel never you know, David prayed how he felt. People are so afraid of vulnerability. Yes, yeah. he was he was vulnerable before God. Like God, I feel like if I came to you right now, I would just punch you in the face, like something yes. like like that. That that yeah. sort of raw emotion. That's real. Yeah. So 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 David goes to God with raw raw emotion, but he doesn't stop there. He also adds their perspective. He says, "Yet you will hear me. You know, yet you will answer me." And indeed, he he, he did. So um, I think what tends to happen with mental health these days is um, it's first of all also detached from other parts of life. You can't talk about mental health and live financial health yeah. and live physical health and live economic health. Like, oh, like it's, it's, it's a part of a, of, a, of a whole complex system of, of things. So if, if we tell the grand story which, we, which weaves everything together and tell it better, mm. okay? 
And then we show people that even Christ himself, there are days when it was hard. Yeah. If it's possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. Nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done. The first bit is authenticity. The last bit is devotion. Nonetheless, let your will be done. You see, so I feel like for us, we are on this side of, um, of my will. Not even God's will, my, 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 my will. You know, prayer, prayer is not asking for God's will. Prayer is getting God to do our will, which is yeah. the first, you know, level of, you know, pay. Because you see, sometimes suffering is of two, two kinds. You suffer for what you're going through. You suffer for how you are responding to what you're going through. In other words, if you could respond well, to what you're going through, you reduce your suffering by margins. And also, if you acknowledge it, and we we have we have, we have, we have jam because if we acknowledge <laughs> it, we are, we are we don't have faith. Oh my God! Negative yeah, yeah. confession. Yes. Hey, don't, yes. Yes. This is a had a a new one these days. This is a a, a disease-free zone. Oh, we don't talk sickness here. <laughs> no, this is like, you're being no like guys. Yeah. Life happens. Life happens. Yeah, Things true. you could yeah, wake yeah. up the, in in the morning and you're yeah. feeling fine, and then a border just ends it. True. You get what I'm saying. So, and life happens, and the Christian faith we have come to to believe in is robust enough to face those moments. You know, weep with those who weep, mourn with those who who mourn. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Paul says that. He says, I have learned a secret. I know how to abase and how to abound. I know how to live with plenty and how to live with scarcity. Why? Because God is with me. God is the big thing. You see? So, this one that we are, you know, now, 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 <laughs> let me just qualify this. If you have mental health issues, please don't hit and, and say, ah, you're being shallow. No. Um, I know there is a biological element to this that people who have you know hormonal imbalances and stuff like that and they need clinical treatment please go for it don't don't feel like you don't have faith for getting medicines no you get them in the grand story of life uh, god is at the center of this thing and he will see you through and he is there listen even if he never heals you so sometimes after getting a new phone then god faithful wait he's still faithful even if you never had it yes guys god is faithful so so you mean can you imagine can you imagine like god is good whether or not daddy comes out of that cancer my dad passed last year out of you know battle leukemia god is still good you see um, God is still good when you lose a job in this COVID period because guys were laid off. That's a bigger plan. Right? God is still good. And it's not just that goodness which is when everything is going well. Mm. There's, there's a song we sing here, Blessed Be Your Name. Um, when, when there is, when the, okay, when the sun is shining down on me, mm. when the world is all as it, as it should be, you know. And then it says, Blessed be your name when there is pain in the offering. Yeah, there, there comes pain in the offering. You, you, you think it is easy for Abraham to pick his son after waiting for 99 years for a boy and then he takes him up. You know, there's all kinds of places for him to, 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 go, to, go, to go back and say, you know what, I, I've thought about this thing, God, and no. But he knew that even if he killed the boy, God is able to bring him back again. That's the kind of faith we need. A faith which is strong enough to admit that times are hard. You know, let me even say this even 
on the on the record. Some of you are tithers, you know, ten percent. Sometimes ten percent is hard. <laughs> it is hard. Even the ten is hard. Yes. And 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 I, and, I, and I want to free you and tell you, even five percent good understands it. Even nothing good understands it. You see. So the point here is, if you are in love with somebody. There's a story told of a mother who had, who had gone to dig and put her baby in a basket. And then an ego came and picked the baby up. And egos normally build their nests, the highest mountains, the tallest tree. Put the baby there. And she called all the experts at mountain climbing in the village to come and help us. One hour, two hours, four hours, they failed. The woman went up the mountain, up the tree, put her baby, came back down. What's the difference there? The love mm. that she had for the baby. Yeah, true. These ones had skill. Yes. They had, you know, risk ass- assessment. Hmm? Can, you, can it work? <laughs> this <laughs> angle. No, 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 no. There are no angles here. It is, it is my child. I have it is to my girl. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that's the kind of thing that we we need to know good enough to a place where we are able to face the most difficult times and know that he's there. Someone said we may be in the dark about what God is doing. But we are never in the dark about who God is. We like we know Him. We've come to know Him. That He will not allow pain to come to our lives unless He has a purpose for that pain. Even though we cannot put our our, our heads on that purpose, but it's there, and we can trust His goodness that it will take take, take, take us there. Yeah. Um, I feel so light. <laughs> 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 like, what would you say after this? Yeah, like. <laughs> but when 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 you are talking yeah. about uh, that, when Paul said I've learned how to be a base and all no, that, I, I saw a meme. <laughs> I saw a meme where people take things out of context. Right. Even Christian, even Christians. Yes. No. After that, Paul says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and all that right. stuff. So and the the point which these guys were making is that the Christians nowadays who. He don't want to sanitize, don't want to wear a mask. Yeah, like ex- Auntie, I'm immune. Yes, like, 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 I'm like immune to these things. Now I can do all things. Yes. <laughs> really? That, that's, uh, that, that's okay. Let's see. Th- there is something we call... I'm trying to find a, a, a simpler word, but I can't. An overrealized eschatology. <laughs> okay, so, so there are things that we read in the Bible that God has promised that, we will, that will be true of us when he comes back. You know, then I saw a new town, a new city. There, there was no more pain. There was no more sickness. There was no more suffering in the in the grand new city. It's in the Bible, guys. One day there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. But that's then. That's 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 in the eschaton. That's when Christ has come in the end times, and our bodies have been made perfect. Everything is working fine. No more pain. But for now, Paul says we carry the. The sense of death in our bodies that any time that that our bodies are getting more and more frail that our outward man is wasting away day by day yet our inward man is being renewed day by day wow. now <laughs> once we take those things that paul said or the bible said what would happen then and we bring them to the now you're over realizing some some something there you see in this world even paul himself mentions of somebody who, who he left is called uh, Trophimus, he left him sick yeah. at Miletus. Why didn't he just lay hands? Uh, yes, exactly. Why, why, why didn't he just speak a word? 
Why didn't you tell Timothy, Timothy, you have a stomach ache? <laughs> How? How? You don't tell You don't tell anymore. He says, take a little wine for your stomach, for your ailments, yeah. for your frequent ailments. So it's like the picture we are painting today of the Christian faith is a, what, what they call superheroism. Somebody is a Christian like Superman. No. Like, <laughs> like Superman. <laughs> there is no Superman Christianity. We only have one Superman, that is Christ. Mm. All of us are weak. We are mortal. Yeah, yeah. We, we are weak men and women in the hands of a strong God. Yeah. So if anything we ever do comes off as strong, we don't you know, attribute it to ourselves as being of ourselves. It comes from God. And and I pray to God for the humility to admit that to people and say, you know what, this this month I'm broke. This month I don't have money. This month I am sick. This month my mother is un, un, unwell. And not feel like, oh my God. Then also the bit of SOPs. Do the same for everything else. Don't wear seat, seat belts, drink yes. unboiled water. Basically <laughs> break all the science rules. You get like don't, don't don't just use masks and sit and yes. go 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 all the way. Yeah. <laughs> She's you a struggle. See? Exactly. Yeah. She's a struggle. So that that bit is not being consistent. It's it's yeah. being foolish. It's being without wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But I want to also attach this to um mm. I don't want to say let me just use stakeholders in the faith. People right. who have access, people who others look at and okay this person is saying this i should take it i feel like certain preachers are preaching a wrong gospel as well we cannot take that they don't understand the faith themselves so they are giving people a wrong impression like there's so many i have met there's a lady i know now this is like uh some sort of relative Mm. that she got divorced and she took her kids the husband left with her kids and stuff but she's christian right born again but she she will not she will not work. She spends like the whole day in church praying. You find a cleaning, you right. know everything. But she's right. not working. The kids are hungry. Right. She has the ability to work. Right. But the, the the context is God will provide. Mm. Like I'm 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 being called for greater things. These worldly things yeah. are not my. So I feel we have reached a level where we are going to the extreme. Like yeah. people just want to pick things as shallow as it is and place it there. Yeah. That is really. Low. Honestly, you've spoken, and I feel sorry. <laughs> no, 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 like it's, it's, it's really an issue of discipleship, really. If if, if, if you ask me, um, there was nobody who ever became a leader in the Bible without discipleship, even. Beautiful spaces with Emily and Prudence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. So, um, so, so I, I was saying that I think part of our issues within the body of Christ is that we, that there's, there's been no place for discipleship and training. Um, but what to see that the Jesus who preached and taught also, you know, paid taxes. You see, yes. and when they came and asked him, should we pay to taxes to Caesar? He said, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar and God what belongs to God. In other words, he's saying that being a Christian does not separate you from your civil responsibilities. Sure. Paul says, whoever doesn't work should not even eat. Yes. <laughs> it, is, it, it is that bad. My mom tells you. Uh-huh. And then he says that if a man does not take care of his own household, that man is worse than an infidel. Very strong language. That The attitude that says 
that, that, that says, let me just wait upon big things. No, 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 no. The, the, listen, the big things are the small things yeah. before God. God takes seriously how you lay your bed, how you clean your room, how you wash your dishes, what time you wash them. Because some, some, some of us first wait for the sink to first get full. Yes. And then that's when you sit there for two hours. I do, I <laughs> exactly. But, 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 but this is like there are practical things that we do, practical levels of faithfulness, which prepare us for the bigger stage. You get what I'm saying? Most of us are chasing the big stage, right? Yes. But true. sometimes it, it never comes. Yeah. Yet God, who sees what you do in secret, rewards you in the open. You get what I'm saying? And then if what you're doing in secret was you are not being faithful in secret, the fact that you fail was only eventual. It was not, it wasn't like, oh, sorry, actually. No, no, no. You are building, you are preparing yourself for that fall. It was coming. It was eventual. So I think for us to, to be faithful in the little things, to find joy in laying the bed, to find joy in changing your toothbrush even. You, yes. <laughs> you know, changing your toothbrush. Some of us have a toothbrush for the last three months. <laughs> yes. And it's like, how much? 500 shillings only. But you haven't bought one. But you're going, that's and everything. the thing is, you know, like, it, 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 it has real frayed. You see? So, so faithfulness. <laughs> you, know, but, you know, faithfulness in the little things. Faithfulness. If you don't see God as you lay your bed, as you mop the house, as you clean the dishes, as you cook that food, you won't see him even when he shows up in a grand way. Mm. You like my insides, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, true. Wow. Right. Wow. Is there another word that I could use for wow? I feel like it's not. Wow, name. Yeah. Wow, city. Right, right. Um. So that's it. I'm so glad I feel fulfilled because over the past month, okay, the past month, right. uh, entire August, we've been talking about these things, hinting on them. But I'm so happy that we are in the same light. But you know, it's now it's like more this complete. The it's, right. it's yes, because now, now you have touched on the faith and. Everything, even right. literally, I could feel happiness in relationships with right. people. Yes, yeah. it's okay not to be okay. Happiness, in, yeah. it's okay yeah. not because we have had episodes and all those things, but we were not narrowing down to our faith. Yeah. At the yes. end of the day. So you just sealed it. I feel like, in fact, we could end here. Yeah, <laughs> we should just, actually, <laughs> there is nothing to it. It's been a yeah. Thing. I think it's, I think it's because okay for me the highlight is what you began with. Because it, it like laid a foundation for everything. Right. At the end of the day, even finding happiness in laying your bed because you know you're doing it for the glory of God. Yes. You know everything that yes. at the end of the day, exactly, it's everything. Because your happiness is not going to come just from small, small things that you can purchase today. And you know tomorrow you're in lack of them, you need them again and again. You know, you keep going back. But if you have that well that will give you, that, that eternal source of something, I think that is what happiness is about right. Right. yes right yeah yeah just, just to say that that i i think once we are reconciled to god like that peace with god mm. that to know that even if i died right now i'm going to have it, it right is now. well you know the, the the guy who wrote that hymn it is well, it is well. you know uh, lost his family in one day wife and kids in a shipwreck 
and then he writes a verse in there which says my sin or the bliss of this glorious rose my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross why would somebody who has lost a child and his kids <laughs> talk about his sin like <laughs> like where does sin come from in this thing but the point he's making there is the, the worst that could have ever happened to me has already happened to somebody else on my behalf my sin could have condemned me and set me to hell and then I suffer here and lose my kids and also suffer again in hell. But that hell has been taken away by the black but what Christ has done. Therefore, this can't be the worst. I can endure this. Yes. I can go through this. I'm still journeying. You see. So that to me is the confidence the Christian faith offers that nobody else can offer. Yeah. yeah for the record. Wow. Wow. No, I, like that kind of... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Please, I'm just so happy. It's, yeah. it's been a pleasure having you, and I've never felt so fulfilled. <laughs> 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 like this is just a conversation that has elevated. I, if you have listened into the end and you're not feeling, then I don't know. You're probably not paying. Go so back to the beginning. <laughs> that's again. Yeah, it's, it's been the seal of all the episodes we have had. We should have this. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, we should. Mm. Let's and there's been so much knowledge. You didn't really have to. It's so relatable. Mm-hmm. This. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yes. Wow. Introduction. Yeah. Uh, you just got the first one. No, no I, I have all of them. But yeah, but I, I think I he has to see it. I said I'm the youth pastor here. Beautiful spaces with Emily and Prudence. That was an amazing episode right there. If you liked what you just heard, kindly follow us on our Instagram at Beautiful Spaces with Emily and Prue. And do check out our foundation at Heart for Hope underscore foundation to join the family of amazing young people that want to move towards creating social impact, but most importantly, growing to become the best versions of themselves. Don't forget to favorite us here on Anchor and share. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. It was nice having you listen in. We love you all. Bye. Beautiful spaces with Emily and Prudence.